Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Well, we bless your name today, God. I thank you for what you're doing today. You know, as I was praying, asking the Lord what to share today, he spoke to me and said, I want you to speak about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And this is the message that I felt that God has placed upon my heart to share with the church. Uh, let me ask this question. Have you, has anyone ever felt like you were stuck? I got my hand up. Any of you ever felt like you missed the mark? Has anyone in here ever felt a regret about a past decision that you made. Every hand should be lifted up. Every hand will be lifted and every knee will be bowed. No, let me stop. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing heresy. Let me stop. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is everyone has been there. And honest, to be honest, there are some people that are still there. Some people that are still there, they just feel stuck, they feel like they missed it, and the enemy keeps rehearsing all the mistakes, all of the challenges, all of the things that seem to have gone wrong in your life. And I want to encourage you today because I believe that God wants us to redeem the time. He is redeeming the time. Now, I'm going to break that down to you so you can better understand what I'm talking about, but I believe that the Lord wants to bring healing and peace in our lives. You know, the enemy loves to play with our emotions. He loves to try to keep us bound to our past. You know, I think it's interesting how the enemy uses our past to try to dictate our future. Oh, you'll never amount up to anything. Look at what happened. Look at how your father was. Look how your mother was. You're going to be just like them or you're going to have this same issue. And the enemy likes to rehearse the past and try to declare that that's going to be your future. So-and-so in your family died young, so you're going to die young too. So-and-so has cancer, so you're going to have cancer too. You messed up so many times, nobody wants you, nobody loves you, why even try again? And the enemy keeps rolling and piling on these lies and tries to dig up the past and use that and say, this is what's going to be your future. The past is the weapon that he uses since Satan cannot control our future. He cannot control our future, so he hangs our past above our heads so that we will be distracted and won't go to the one who can change our future. When we focus on our walk with God, that is when we can redeem the time. We can never change the past, but we can change our future. Can I say that again? Because I feel like some people need to hear that. We can never change the past, but we can change our future. And so, although we might have gone through things in our past, we have struggles, we have different things that we've dealt with, 
We are not meant to stay in the past. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God has a hope in the future for all of us. He has plans for us that we don't even know and understand and can't even comprehend. But if we allow the enemy to, he will keep us bound up by the things of our past. And I want to help us navigate through that today, this morning. Is that all right? So this morning I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15 through 21. And I'm going to read this in a couple versions, um, but I'm going to start off with the new uh, King James Version. So Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. And it reads, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Everybody say, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to the God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to read this same passage again in the Amplified Version. Ephesians 5, 15 says this, Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those things who tolerate, those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what, will, what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, and corruption and stupidity. He said it, not me. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise by singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things. In the name of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is a powerful scripture, church. It's a powerful scripture to read. And as we read it, it talks about the times that we live in. And it, it, it urges us to walk right, to walk carefully, living a life full of honor, purpose, and courage, and not allowing people who tolerate or enable evil to have that kind of stake in our lives. But when it talks about redeeming the time, I ask the Lord, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by this, redeeming the time? And what it simply means is to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives you and using it with wisdom and diligence. Now, when we're talking about the subject of redeeming the time, you have to understand 
that what I mentioned earlier, how the enemy likes to keep us bound up with our past. If we're so caught up with our past sins, our past lifestyle, our past mistakes, we never get to focus on this wonderful, beautiful gift that God gives us called the present. And we don't get the opportunity to look forward and see what God has for our future. Redeeming the time simply is taking the opportunity to say, God, I'm not going to let my past dictate my future. You have placed me here for such a time as this. I want to take the take advantage of this gift of the present that you have, and I want to use it to bring glory to your name. So if you want to redeem the time, some of us are trying to say, oh, I want to make up for what happened in the past. If you want to make up what happened for, to the past, in the past, you need to walk right with God. Can I get an amen? amen. It is your walk that is important. You know, people have this idea, sometimes people have this idea that once you get saved, God is going to do everything. We have this notion, I gave my life to the Lord. You know, some of, some of the single, single ladies out there, I gave my life to the Lord. And I just believe he's going to provide me a man. <laughs> Haven't left the house in two years. <laughs> Don't talk to nobody. You know, God's going to provide. He's just going to show up at my door. And it's going to be it. He's going to come there with the ring and nice rock. My hand be falling like this. And sometimes you just think, like, this is going to happen. But let me give a wake-up call. God is just not going to do everything. Now, granted, let me, let me clarify some things. God is sovereign. Amen. And God is all-powerful. He can do what he wants. But he is also bound to his word. So when he speaks something, it's going to come to pass. And so... Yes, God could send, that could very well happen. Somebody can knock on your door. They can have a ring ready for you. But I, I highly doubt it. But let me say, say something. God is just not trying to do everything on his own. He wants to work together with us. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to have a walk. He wants us to put in and this is a word that might hurt some people, work. Oh, some of y'all tuned me out already because I said the W word. I said the W word and I'll say it again, work. And let me clarify the, 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 kind of, the negative connotation that people have with work because some people do work as a job and they hate it. So whenever somebody says work, it's not joyful. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all know tomorrow morning when you have to get up. <laughs> Sometimes people have this ne negative connotation with work because it's, it's, it's going to take time. It takes effort. It takes energy. And you are blessed if you work a job and it doesn't feel like work, but it's work. Work doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be un uh, unenjoyable. Because truth be told, many of us put in work for other things and we could care less. If I told you 
I had $1,000 for somebody to go shopping, you would work it. You would work that $1,000, you would find the best deal, you would be walking around, you might have a cast on your foot, but you're still limping around because you're going to get your blessing. Some of you guys will spend money on games, work, you, you, some of you ladies with your shoe closet, notice how I say a closet, a separate closet for shoes. You will go and do work and you will walk around that mall until you find something that you like. Can I get an amen? amen. We're going to be praying for y'all at the end of service today. <laughs> but we will put work in, in so many different areas that we love and appreciate and we find that benefits us. But when it comes to, to sometimes the things of God, it's like, oh, that's, that's work, work. It doesn't have to be like that because when you love someone, it's, it, it, although it might take some work or effort or energy to do certain things, it, it's not unenjoyable. You'll do it because you love that person. And I want to encourage you today because God wants us to do some work as well. We can't be sitting down just thinking that God is just going to move all these pieces in place and you sit there, la di da di da and not paying attention to anything. No, this is a partnership. God wants to communicate with us. God loves to talk to us. And yes, church, God is still speaking today. He is alive. He can speak to you. He can give you clarity. If you ask him something, he can give you an answer. How do I know this? Because I try it and I do it all the time. And I'm not crazy. Just crazy for Jesus. It takes work. It takes work, guys. As long as we have breath, we have a walk that we need to work on. Part of this walk is understanding the will of God for our lives. You know, in Ephesians 5, verse 10, New Living Translation, it says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Let me read that again. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. That sounds to me that we ought to take some time to take some inventory and say, is everything in my life pleasing you, God? Or is there an area in my life that needs to change? See, that takes work. Because now you are going through your life and you're saying, yes, you know what, God, this is you're giving God the opportunity to speak to you and say, hey, I need you to change this. OK, Lord, I'm going to give this up or OK, Lord, give me the grace to maneuver through this in my life. But is there something to be said about carefully looking over your life and determining what is pleasing to the Lord? There's something to be said about understanding the will of God for your life. To understand what season God has you in right now. There's opportunities where we have to go before God and ask him for wisdom to say, God, what is it that you want me to do now as you partner with God? God is not 
trying to ignore you. He's not trying not to speak to you. No, it's the opposite. He's trying to reach out to you and share with you the word of God and share with you something that's going to build you up and strengthen you and build your faith. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. If you look at the world around you, it's going to fail. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will be successful. It will be all right. Everything will fall into its proper place. And you just, you just do what God tells you, you're going to be okay. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So there's something to be said about pursuing God. If you don't have a conversation with God, if you don't have a relationship with him, you are going to miss those steps. You're going to miss those opportunities where you're going to be able to determine what pleases God or what does not please him. And every Christian, every believer, whether you get saved today or you've been saved for years upon years, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have to carefully determine what pleases God. Every season changes. Every season comes with its own challenges. And every time a season changes, I have to go to the Lord and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? What, how, how do I handle this now? This used to work in that season, but it doesn't work in this season right now. So what, is it, what new things do you have in store for me? God is alive. God is still speaking. And God wants us to redeem the time. He wants to show us what we're supposed to do with every opportunity that's given to us. He wants to do that. You know, can I share a story? Uh, before me and my lovely wife, Rachel, got married, we were in the process of looking for a place to live. And um, I was driving one day. It's crazy market at the time. It's crazy right now. I'm praying for you guys that are looking for a place right now. Let me just say something. God can give you favor. For those of you that need a house, God can give you favor. And for those of you that need a place to stay, God can give you favor. And, and I don't know who this is for, but I'm trying to help your faith today. God can take care of it, and he'll show you exactly what you need to do if you ask him. So I was driving one day. I was, I was heading back to the church, and uh, I, I was driving, and I'm, I'm in this process of trying to look for a house. But out of nowhere, as I'm driving, the Holy Spirit is like, turn over there. So I literally went like this, <laughs> and turned the car over there, just like, just, I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to be obedient. And I pulled into this parking lot. I drive by this place almost every day or every other day. Never paid attention to it a day in my life. Never knew that it was a whole apartment complex that was right there. It was shielded by trees. Never seen it before. But that day, the Holy Spirit told me, go, go into that parking lot. Go inside there. And I said, wow, this looks like a nice place. He said, go in the office and go ask them if you can see the rooms. So I went into to the office. I said, hey, I was wondering, do you guys have any vacant rooms available that I can take a look at and see what you have? And she said, sure, I'll take you. I went into the room that they had. It was beautiful. It was nice. It had everything that we wanted. And then I saw the price tag. And I was like, this is how much you want a month? <laughs> had to do some calculations. I was like, this is very nice. But in my mind, I was like, uh, we can't afford this. This is not in our budget. So I laid that to the side and said, I'm going to pursue and look at other places. Well, 
when it came closer to the time where we needed to firm up a place, I felt the Holy Spirit say, go back there again. And we went back there. They had the apartment, uh, an apartment available and the time frame that we needed. And it was in our price range. God had worked it out so that we were able to do that. I say all this to say that sometimes people are looking for the voice of God to be, hey, thou art not listening to me. If Some of us are looking for God to say, okay, go into this corner right here in this crevice. And when I walk by, I'm going to walk by, you're going to see my pinky toe. And when you see that, when you see that, the glory of God should come upon you and you will know where you're going to live. Sometimes people have this kind of, this, this, this mindset that in order for you to hear from God, it has to be something so crazy. Now, God, like I said before, God can do what he wants to do. If he does that to you, come tell me the story afterwards. I want to know how it happened. But for me that day, the simple voice of God was make a left. Go, go inside there and go talk. No details. He didn't give me no details. He just said, go inside and ask them. And I, I was just being obedient. See, God can speak, and we have to be obedient when he speaks. Amen. See, the problem that the church is having today is that we don't know the voice of God like we should. Amen. Oh, but we know other voices. We know other voices. Some of us, if we got a phone call right now from an unknown number, you, and you picked it up and actually answered it, and you heard a voice, some of you would know exactly who that voice was even though you didn't see the name of that person. If my wife called me from any other number, I would know her voice. If my children called me at any number, I would know their voice. Why? Because I've been in a relationship with them. I know them. I spend time with them. I know their characteristics. I know their mannerisms. I know the sound of their voice. Some of y'all know the sound of the bill collector. You know what they call it and whatnot. <laughs> Some of y'all know that clearer than you hear the voice of God. And so the reason why you can tell who's who is because you spent time with that person. Amen. When you spend time with God, you will know his voice. Amen. And he doesn't have to do anything crazy to get your attention. He can just say, hey, go over there. He can say, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of this for you. Okay, God, thank you. What do you want me to do? And so we have to get into this mindset of that God wants to speak to us. And God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's sad to see in the modern, modern day church people neglecting the Holy Ghost. They won't even talk about him. They make him seem like he's some kind of fairy tale story in the Bible. That's not for us today. But let me tell you, church, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is exactly what we need for today. He is powerful. He is active. He is alive. He's willing to move on your life. The Holy Spirit is here to fill us up. 
The Holy Spirit is so important that Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but when I go away, just wait because I'm going to send someone else on my behalf and he is going to be a comforter. He is going to be a teacher. He shall teach you how to do all things. He is going to be right there by your side. He is your helpmate. He is your strength. And when I leave, he's going to live inside of you. So it was a complete plot and attack of the enemy to shut the church up from speaking about the Holy Ghost. Not in here. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. You want to talk about redeeming the time? You want to talk about the past mistakes that you've been dealing with, that the enemy's been holding you down with? The only way that you can get let go of that stuff is through the power of the Holy Spirit functioning in your life. When you finally get a clue that, hey, that doesn't have to be my life, I can focus on the things of Jesus Christ and lead me into a path of hope. We need the Holy Spirit, church. We need the Holy Ghost functioning in our lives, moving and speaking and leading. It's interesting that he brought up in this in the same scripture, do not be drunk with wine. It produces wickedness and corruption and Stupidity. But he says, instead of being drunk with wine, he said, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly be guided by him. Sometimes people go to other substances to find their relief. Drinking, alcohol, sex, drugs. All these different things to try to silence the voices that the enemy tries to bring upon your life from your past mistakes. And some of the things aren't, aren't even mistakes. Some things happened to you. You didn't ask for it. It just happened. You ever had that happen before? Something just happened. You wasn't even paying. You had no. It just happened. But now you're left to deal with this. And sometimes people cope by doing all these different things. But I'm telling you, you don't have to rely on those things because you will always be wanting more. Those things will never fill you up. You'll always be desperate, wanting for more and feeling empty. But let me tell you something. When the power of the Holy Spirit flows in your life, there is a fullness of joy that you can experience that only Jesus Christ can provide for you. That no drug, no, no wine, no alcohol, no kind of other thing, substance around could ever amount up to the Holy Spirit functioning in your life. Oh, I'm a preacher today. Redeeming the time. See, these things are all plots of the enemy to try to take and steal your time. Time is one of the most valuable things that we could ever have because we don't know how much of it we have. You hear to say, here today, gone tomorrow. You don't know what could happen. And so God is saying and prompting the church, you need to be redeeming the time. 
We have to be making the best of what God has given us. We have to keep going. We have to say, God, this is the situation we're at. What do you want us to do? Redeeming the time is nothing more than asking God, what do you want us to do from here on out? What is the future? What what do you want me to say? How do you want me to act? How do you want me to take advantage of what you have given me? Ecclesiastes chapter 11. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures from here. I'll, I'll start from, from this point. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. They watch every cloud and they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. See, in this passage of scripture, I'm sure we can all, we all can relate to know someone who is always trying to wait for the perfect moment for something to happen. Let me tell you, most of the time there's no perfect moment. If you had to wait for the perfect moment for everything, you would be waiting a mighty long time until Jesus come back. They watch every cloud and they never harvest. But we cannot understand the activity of God. So what the suggestion is, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. What that simply means is start doing what God puts on your heart to do. And then keep on doing whatever else he has for you. If, he, if you might get a blessing from the thing that you started in the morning, you might get a blessing from the things you do in the afternoon, or you might get a blessing from both. But with the fact of the matter is God wants his church, the body of Christ, to be active. We cannot be stagnant. We cannot be asleep. We got to be doing something, church. Redeeming the time. God is very interested in our lives, what we do, what we say, how we act. I believe he's concerned for our generation, for this season, because of all the lies, the hate, the injustice that is being shared. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 in New Living Translation is a story about Jesus and says this, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, the Bible said that he began to weep. Jesus was so moved by emotion coming into the city 
because he understood what was going on. And, and you want to know why he weeped? He said, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. Jesus wants to give us and help us to understand the way of peace. And he goes on to say, but now it is too late. The peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against you, your wall, and encircle you and close you in from one side, from every side. They will crush you into the ground, you and your children, or and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests and teachers of religious law and the other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could think of nothing because the people hung on every word that he said. So Jesus weeps as he's entering into this city and that how he wished that these people would understand the way to peace, but they were eyes, the way to peace was hidden to their eyes because they did not receive him as Lord. And so he goes into the temple He deals with everyone that's trying to sell animals or sacrifices and he reestablishes the temple as a house of prayer. And then the Bible says that he went in there daily preaching and that the people, when they heard him, they hung on to every word that he spoke. Why? Because when Jesus spoke, he started to open up their eyes so that they can see a way to peace. You know how many people don't have peace? You know how many people have been functioning under a lie? Do you know how many people have been functioning out of an offense? People will be walking in stores and somebody, somebody don't do something that they don't like. See, that person must be racist. They're the same color as you. But I'm trying to figure out what is going on here. And so you can't even have peace going into the store because the enemy has crafted this lie make you feel like everybody is against you and that no one is for you. But let me tell you something. If God be for you, who can be against you? It's all, life is about perspective. And you can, let, you can let culture dictate how you're going to live your life or you can let the word of God dictate how you live your life. And let me tell you something. The word of God is so much better than what this culture has because your, cultures will sell you out. Come get your black card. Your white tablet, I don't know, I'm just making that stuff. Your rice and beans, they'll just come and get you. Your noodles, that's it. They'll come and get you wherever you're at. Your own people. But it's not about a people thing. It's not about a culture thing. It's about a Jesus thing. It's about the blood of Jesus. It's about the blood of Jesus, church. And so Jesus comes 
And he preaches to the people daily. And they hung on to every word. And I believe that there are some people that are just waiting for somebody like you to start talking about Jesus. Because when you start talking about Jesus, they start to realize, man, I've been missing something. I haven't been seen clearly. I want the clarity that you have. I believe that God is positioning the church to be more active than it's ever been before. More thoughtful about what is pleasing to the Lord, not just what a man or woman might say, but what the word of God declares. And a relationship with him to be open to hear what God is speaking and not to neglect what God is doing. Ephesians 3, 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. There's unlimited resources in our God. He wants to empower us with inner strength. He wants our roots to grow deep down into God's love. And he wants to keep us strong. God wants to use you. God wants to do something new in us. Amen? Amen. God wants to give us things that are new. Satan wants to give us things that are used. I'm going to say that again so somebody can catch that. God wants to give us things that are new. Satan wants to give us things that are used. Satan's only go-to is to go back to whatever past you had to try to dictate your future. But God wants to give you something new, a hope and a future. God wants to restore and make whole and refresh. He doesn't want to give you something that has been used day after day. I mean, how many of you have ever received a gift that you know was used? Like, you know they used it or somebody used it before they gave it to you. Just tell me that it was used. Don't tell me that you got me this new thing and there's no tag on it. Where's the receipt? Oh, I think, um, see what happened was. God is not interested in giving you hand-me-downs. God wants to give you some stuff that's tailor-made for you. Because there's no one like you. You're so unique. There's, there's no one like you. Even identical twins have differences. There's no one like you. No one wired like you. No one that, that is quite exact, is exactly like you are. So God has to create something directly for you. Why would you settle for the things of this world to try to put you into something that doesn't even fit you? 
That's why we have to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. That's why we have to understand what the will of God is for our lives. That's why we have to understand when God is speaking to us. Because when God speaks to us, we can do what God wants us to do. And when we do that, that brings so much joy. Redeeming the time is not only about you. Turn to somebody and say, it's not all about you. Sometimes God wants you to redeem the time so that other people can be blessed. So that other people can reap the benefit of the work that you sowed in. So that other people can see, wow, God has made a way for me. And they don't even have to know your name or anything. You just sold. You just gave. You just did. You just used your talents to be a blessing. There was one time when I was in college. I got accepted into a scholarship program. It was called the First Generation Scholarship Program. And the basis of it was that you had to, in order to be accepted in it, you had to be the first person in your family to actually go to college. And so I got into this program, and the, the, the scholarship helped provide for a third of your room and board in your tuition. And so the, my first year in college, like the first couple of days, we had a meeting with our classes, like maybe 30, 35 students. And they had to come up and they said, well, you have to determine who's going to be the, your, your class leader for this scholarship group. In some way, somehow, they asked me to do it. And I don't even know why, but they did. I didn't know anybody inside there, but for some reason, that door opened up and I said yes. For the next four years, I was the, the, the president of that class. It came up, up to later on in the year where they were having a meeting and there was a problem that was going on and people that were in the scholarship program were starting to drop out of the scholarship program or switch to a different one. And they were trying to figure out what was going on. Why is this happening? They wanted to have a better success rate with the students that are in the program. And God opened up a, an opportunity for me to redeem the time for some people. And I, get, I began to speak and I said, you know, the first generation scholarship program is mostly for, is for students that are the first in their family to go to college. And majority of the time, the families that they're coming from don't have the finances to actually send them to college. Why? Because they, never had, they didn't have that education or may not have the funds to be able to do that. So a lot of kids are leaving because they don't have enough money to pay for room and board or there's another scholarship pro program that's offering more money. So I said, Let's, we should really consider increasing it from one-third to one-half. And they listened to me, they took it into consideration, and come to find out as my senior year, in my senior year, they, they changed it to one, from one-third to a half for all the students coming in and future students. They didn't do nothing for me. They didn't touch my bill. They was like, oh, oh leave that right there. They didn't do anything for my bill, so I didn't get any direct benefit from it. But sometimes God will place you in a place to set up a whole nother generation to say, here you go. 
You're not going to have to work as hard as I have to. You're going to be so blessed because of, of me taking advantage of that moment to be a blessing to other people. Some of us, some of us might feel a certain way. Maybe you were here last week and you heard the message and we talked about Destiny Christian School, which is an amazing school. And maybe you didn't have the opportunity to send your kids to go to, to a Christian school. Or maybe you did and you chose not to. And, and the enemy plays around and says, you know, well, you messed up, blah, 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 blah. And the enemy does his own thing. But when, you, when we talk about redeeming the time, we have to look about now. The past is the past. You can't change tomorrow. What can you do about, uh, you can't change yesterday. What can you do for tomorrow? Maybe God is putting on some of your hearts to become a destiny hero. And this is message is not about, it's not about that. What it is about is redeeming the time. Making the most of every opportunity. Maybe your kids didn't get that experience, but maybe God wants to use you so that other children can experience something that your kids didn't get to. Maybe God is redeeming a time you maybe you felt lonely, you didn't have a lot of friends, and now you come to a place where you have more Christian friends. Maybe God is saying, become a small group leader. Redeem the time. Come and bless somebody else. Come help somebody else who's struggling, who needs to, to, to uh, uh, encourage them to in their walk with Christ. It's getting quiet in here when I'm talking about other people. Well, I was talking about the blessings. Y'all were like, amen, pastor. Amen. But when we start talking about what can you do to help other people, the church would be like, you talking me? me? You want me to do this? Some people think that the church just wants money. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to go there today. Some people think that the church just wants money. And I want to apologize for those that have been a part of a church that focused on money. Some of y'all been in churches where they locked the door and said, we're not leaving until we get another couple hundred dollars. Ushers at the door, fully armed. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have been burned by the church. Some of us have felt like they've been taken advantage of. But let me tell you something. Every opportunity that comes up is an opportunity for you to redeem the time. It's not about the fact of giving. It's about the fact that God wants to use you to do something beyond you. If you could grasp this, the joy that, that you can get from giving and sowing, if you could grasp that you can't outpay God and you can't outgive God, that when you give to him, he's going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I'm sorry. For those that felt like they've been taking advantage for the church, some people have misused and abused the church. But were you given to man or were you given to God? 
Because the God I serve, he shall supply all your needs according to his riches. According to the word of God, if you give, it's going to come back to you one way or another. Do you not have food at home? Some of y'all got good food. <laughs> got a job, got clothes, got houses, got shoe closets, plural. I know there's a couple women here that got closets, plural, but I'm going to let the Lord deal on you today with that. It's, it's, it's not a, about the money more than it is about the opportunity to redeem the time. That's it. God, God, God don't need your money. God can go find someone else. And sadly, sometimes he does. But what God does, he gives us opportunities it gives us the opportunity to either receive the word of God or reject it. It's up to you. But you can either redeem the time or you can be stagnant in it. You can redeem the time or you can rehearse what the past has done. This message is a message that brings healing. Because the enemy's been messing with some of your minds for far too long tormenting you of past decisions, making you unable and paralyzed to move forward. But I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit is here, that God wants to move things around in your life, change you around, and God is redeeming the time. God is redeeming the time. If you could, can I have everyone stand, please? Hallelujah. I really believe that God wants to deal with some of the hurt and pain that some of us has been dealing with. Some people dealing with things for decades. Never really got over it. Never really got complete healing. Some of us think we got over it, but as soon as somebody brings it up, it's a sore spot. But I want to let you know that you don't have to stay in that place anymore. You don't have to allow the enemy to borderline torment you for the mistakes that were made. The past is behind us, but Jesus is in front of us. He wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. And with every eye closed and every head bowed in this place, there are some of you here that know exactly what I'm talking about. You feel like you're stuck. You feel like you, you made some bad decisions and not know how to overcome them. And you're here and you, you may not even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something, you can't walk in the way of peace without having that relationship with Jesus. You can't have that clarity. You can't begin to redeem the time that the way that you want to unless you have Jesus Christ as the center of your life. Unless you have him as the one that you have a relationship with who can speak to you. Can lead and guide you and direct you. And right now, in this moment, where I believe that the Holy Spirit is just hovering over you, resting on you, ready to move and change some things around. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, this is the moment. This is a time where he wants to change it around for you. So on the count of three, if you're in here and you've been listening to what I'm saying and you want to, you want to make some things right between you and God, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you need to rededicate your life. Maybe at one point you served Jesus, but then you got so caught up in this world around you that you sort of walked away from Jesus. Jesus is calling you back home today. And so on the count of three, if that's you and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand up high. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand up right now. I see you. I see you. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. I see you over there. I see the ones that have their hands raised. Now, I want you to do, those that raise their hands saying that they want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something that might seem uncomfortable, but let me tell you, it is a, the start of a journey, a walk of faith with God. And I want you to take a walk of faith, and I want you to come meet me right down here at the altar, and we're going to pray. Every person that lifted their hands, come on, just make way. If they're in your aisle, just make room for them to go. But come on up to the front. I saw those hands. Come on. There we go. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Right here is fine. Right here. Anybody else? I saw you. Come on. They're still coming. They're still coming. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Right here. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come on. They're still coming. There's still time. We're not rushing. Anybody else want to give their life to Jesus? Come on. Amen. Amen. Come right on over. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
So for every precious soul that came down today, I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. Jesus has a plan and purpose for your life and that you do not have to do this on your own. He wipes away every one of our sins. He doesn't just cover them. He gets rid of them. He erases them. But you know what? The great thing is that God gives us new life and gives us new joy. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Those of you that are watching online, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to repeat after me as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me and make me whole. Show me what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising up again with all power and authority. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to pray over you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every single person here under the sound of my voice. These ones that have given their life to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare that today is a new day. Father, I ask that you would do something new in these kids' lives, in, these, in your, the lives of your children, Father. I ask that you would give them wisdom and grace and understanding, Lord. I pray that you would show them exactly what they're supposed to do in this season of life, God. God, Yoke them up with good people that are going to encourage them and build them up. Father, give them a hunger and thirst for the word of God and that they would read it and be filled, Lord. Lead them in the right path in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you keep your children. I pray that not one of them will stray away from you, Lord God, but you would direct them, you would keep them, and you would protect them in Jesus' mighty name. So, God, we thank you and we give you all the glory and honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we say amen. 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 Welcome into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.